Welcome to the after party for Should I Wish Someone Told Me. We are doing this as a supplement to the conversation that Hannah and I had on Monday, um, which was for this week's episode. Hold me where we talked about toxic diet culture. And so we're going to be recapping the episode, talking about what you had to say this week regarding the topic and answering some questions because y'all had them. And Hannah is here. So thank you, ma'am. Good to see you. How are you doing today? Okay. I'm doing well. How are you? Can you hear me okay? I can. I can. Thank you. Glad that you are well. You got your nails did for this occasion. Yes. Look just at for them. The just for just. this. I love. Yeah. So um, really quick before we dive in, I do just want to note two quick housekeeping items. So first of all, you do not have to keep it clean. The episode is called, or this whole series is called Shit I Wish, so that's a-okay. However, you do have to keep it kind, so be nice. And if you have a question that um, you haven't previously asked in the polls this week, then use the little bubble down next to where the comment section is with the question mark inside so that we can bring it up on the screen and show everyone. But other than that, that's all, that's it. So let's go ahead and talk um, since Hannah is here, we're ready to go. Would you start us off with a recap of what some highlights were from our conversation and just kind of like an overview of what we talked about this week? Yeah. Um, I feel like highlights were just, again, just kind of summarizing the effects of toxic diet culture, you know, why we're here, but just really talking about like the core issue as to why people engage in such toxic diet culture or dieting fads. Yeah. This is just like innate you know, pressure from society standpoint to change our bodies into this um, societal standard of what is perfect, what is ideal for women or men. And just the industry as a whole, the dieting industry as a whole, it's not really your friend. It's not really something that's set up for success for people. It's really just out there to get your money. It's out there to make a quick fix on something that is not meant for you to, you know, Lose, you're not meant to lose 20 pounds in two weeks or 20 pounds in a month. Like yeah. our bodies are, are totally different. Our bodies are so different from one another. And I just think that toxic diet culture as a whole just really impacts the way that we see ourselves and the way that we love ourselves and, and understanding our bodies and understanding how our bodies need different things at different times in our lives. And um, just really just that pressure, even on children and teenagers and young adults to engage in that kind of behavior because they think that, you know, I'm speaking for myself, like I thought that that was normal. I thought that that was what I had to do in order to look like everybody around me. So, you know, that's in a nutshell, some of the big takeaways. It's just these pre this pressure that we feel that we have to put on ourselves and just how much bullshit <laughs> dieting culture is, in my opinion. Uh, it took me a while to get to that summarization, but here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for sharing all that. I feel like you did sum it up really beautifully because we talked about a lot and this is a big topic. Like this isn't something that it's just like, oh, well, it's just this, like it's, it permeates our society. And we talk about that a lot in the episode itself and like different ways that it showed up in our personal lives and how we've seen it show up in you know, society. And so I think that this is something, and this was evident in what everyone shared this week in the polls, that at some point or another, it's impacted everyone in some yeah. way, shape or form. Like yeah. we've all had thoughts about it. And it's something that, you know, like you said, it's 
something that I think most of us were sold, like this is the way it should be type of a thing. And we are conditioned from like the get to just think that like, that's what life is. And so it's really this process of unlearning kind of like what the expectation is and learning like what the truth is like for us Mm. as individuals, like for, for you, like listening to watching like universal you for like everyone, like you personally. And one of the things that, um, you know, we usually talk about on the after parties is, you know, how this topic has showed up within the week since this has kind of been on the forefront of our minds. And so I want to hear if you have any insights, but for me, I'm like, this is kind of something that's always in the forefront of my mind. So I honestly can't say that there were any epiphanies like, oh, right, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It was more of just a like, well, that's an example type of yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I, I talk a lot about how I don't want people to think, especially that me talking about toxic diet culture means that I have like completely healed from that mindset. That's definitely not the case for me. Because even this week, I like I, I like weighed myself one morning because I was like, I feel large. I feel big. I feel like I need to weigh myself and see how much weight I've gained recently. And I did weigh myself. And then immediately my mind went, okay, what diet should I go on? And I was like, oh, damn. We just thought, I just was preaching to everybody about this. And then here's my mind. It's just, but I also have to give myself a lot of grace because I've just, I've always thought like that. I have yeah. always thought about how can I change my body? What diet should I go on? What's what's what should I do? And there's nothing wrong with wanting to eat healthier, move more. It's more just like when my mind goes to okay, restrict your calories, drop your calories down, go ahead and cut out bread, go ahead and cut out this. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to have moderation on things, especially if you are looking at it from a standpoint of what makes me feel good, what does my body not respond well to. Um, but I could tell that I just had, I have to really consciously catch myself and it happens a lot. It happens pretty much almost like every day, to be honest, because I sometimes like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to give up like completely tracking my foods. And the only reason I do is because I, I try not to give food such a huge control over my life because I have done that in the past when I was engaging in some fad dieting, like when I was doing keto and I was tracking and measuring every little thing and it was exhaustive. Like, it's just an exhausting process to do that. And also just really maybe not have good relationships with people around me. But I I still do that to this day. But I have to come at it from a way of like, I'm just really trying to make sure, like, see what foods I'm eating and what how my body responds to those foods. Do they feel good? Does my body, um, you know, am I feeling sluggish after I eat this? Am I feeling more energetic? Because I do work out like this Mm -hmm. week. I work out three to four times a week and I know if I don't eat the proper foods, my body's not going to feel good. So I have to track it, but I can't, I have to be mindful of not letting myself get too overly obsessive about the foods that I'm eating and where I want to start to restrict and start to really engage in those toxic dieting behaviors and getting mad at myself and getting mad at my willpower and my determination and my, my grind or whatever it may be. Uh, I have to give myself a lot of grace on that. I mean, that's kind of even this week has shown up for me. Um, and that's probably, to be honest, like a weekly occurrence. Let's, because I feel like toxic dieting culture, if it's ingrained anything in my brain, it's like, well, you can always start Monday. You know, mm-hmm. just the cycle. The right. cycle of wanting to always start Monday. And I have to, like, get away from that, too. Because if I mess up, not mess up, if I eat a meal that maybe 
is a little bit more indulgent than I usually do, it's okay. That's just a part of life. That's just a part of balance. That's just a part of being human is enjoying yourself and enjoying the life that you are living um, and just creating that balance of food, exercise, and loving yourself and loving who you are and not feeling like you need to change everything about you all the time. Yes. I want to point out, well, I appreciate, I was going to say, I want to point out that I really appreciate your vulnerability because, and I said that on the episode as well, but like, these are things that I think a lot of people have, like thoughts that a lot of people have, but that we either don't consciously recognize them for being a product of toxic diet culture. We just think that, like I said, it's like conditioned, like it's ingrained in us. We just think that like, well, that's just the way I think kind of a thing. Yeah. Or we feel somewhat, we feel some kind of way about admitting, oh, well, actually, I think this could be a result of my negative relationship that I have with food yeah. and my body. And so I appreciate that you started off with saying, you know, it's something that you're still working on and that you were able to like give us examples with that because I think that that's relatable. Like I think that yeah. like a lot of us and I find myself as someone who was also like, this is bullshit, like toxic diet culture. I find myself doing things where um, I remember, so this is like a, a longer like trait that I've had. I remember reading one time that whenever women are in a certain phase in their cycle that we burn more calories and I'm like, oh, sweet. That's going to be like, that's good. Like I'll, I'll lose weight then. Right. But like fast forward years later, I'm like, bitch, that's because your body is doing things and it needs those calories to complete those processes. And so you should actually give yourself more food during that time to balance it out because you're actually burning more. And so it's something where I will still at times catch myself being like, why am I so hungry? And having to be mindful of the fact like, oh, your workout today was more cardio than you're used to, or it was like, you know, more weightlifting or like there's, it's, it's a conscious effort to take a step back and listen to my body and be like, oh, that's right. I should probably, maybe it's that part of my cycle. I should give myself these calories instead of trying to feel like, oh God, like what's wrong with me? Why am I so hungry? Instead, I should have a better relationship with myself. And that's been an active practice to like tune in and say like, okay, like why, why am I hungry? And then it's like, oh, right. You ran two miles and you usually like cap out at 400 meters. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) that could be why. I mean, you know, and we've talked about like how much, it's just so crazy to me. I was doing some research prior to like when we got some results back from our poll, which we can, we talk, I guess we talk about that, like some of the research that I was doing. Just I'm so excited for this. Overall, it's just so crazy how much, and like I, I'm guilty and I still sometimes like, oh yeah, that seems like, but you have to recognize what is a part of that toxic dieting culture, but it's sometimes it's so hard to discern because yeah. you if you don't, if you're not in it and you don't understand it and you don't understand the mechanics of what the food you're eating, if you don't understand the mechanics of how to work your body or like what it is, like we are just very conditioned in our society to get quick fixes, to and buy things that say lose 10 pounds in one week drinking this smoothie. And I'm like, I know for a fact that I believed in that. And they just like get you with some, they make it look like it's scientifically valid. But until you go a deep dive in research, but who has the time to deep dive in research every tiny little thing? Yeah. Um, 
you just keep it. It's just fad diets and these toxic dieting habits. Rarely, I don't think I've seen anything that's like empirically valid. I don't yeah. think I've seen anything where it's like the science is like, yeah, this works. But we just think it does. It just because it, but it's very ingrained in history. So it's a cultural thing. It's not just like a, a health thing. It's a cultural thing. And it's hard to unlearn those behaviors when they're deeply embedded in a culture. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, all of that. Yeah. And... Yeah, Kevin says many. Yeah, many of the studies are fucked and skewed. You don't have to keep it. You don't have to keep it clean. You can you can drop the f bomb. Um, but thank you for your. They are skewed. Your, they yeah. pick a, probably pick the weirdest sample size. Yep, I was gonna say that. Size. And there's there's just not a lot of research. Um, and I I was walk I was listening to something about this other day. There's not a lot of like studies on, um, like women's bodies too. Yes, all the dieting typically are like targeted towards women i mean men as well but women are typically like oh go on this juice cleanse for 45 days and you'll be the best you've ever looked but also you'll become malnourished you know so yeah yeah i read like so yes to the studies that is some shit that I wish someone told me we talked about this on another episode i don't remember which one it was but i like to say this as many times as i can whenever people come at you with these studies you have to like you mentioned and thank you for doing that. You have to look at the control group because if I want the results to, you know, be a certain, if I want the results to say a certain thing as a researcher, I can find a control group mm -hmm. that has a higher probability of giving, of proving me to be right. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's kind of confirmation be, bias. It's gotta be peer reviewed. It's gotta be, it's gotta go through the whole entire process of being actually, uh, you know, is it going to have, the validity that you need it to be if yes. it's a truly experimental design if it's a true experiment it should be a randomized control group and randomized selection of people in the study but yes. that's not always the case and and it's you know but that's just research in general which it can be a whole nother topic i'm sure but if you don't know these things it's hard because you you believe we do our we are in flux with a lot of information yeah with a lot of stuff and it's hard yeah. to discern what is true what is not yep and even doctors and, and not i'm not saying like again i'm not a doctor i'm not a medical ex like medical guru but even doctors have probably prescribed to this toxic dieting culture and i think it's shifting but they it's it's it, unless you're a nutritionist or a dietitian who truly studies food and it's how it works with our body um so yeah. so yeah yeah like you say, bread is bad. Like, yeah, there's doctors that are like, you should. I, and I, I have heard it firsthand from a doctor multiple times when I've gone to a doctor about a completely different topic of my uh, health that is not related to my weight. And they say, like when I went to a dermatologist and they gave me a, a list of my, and my skin is really good. I just mm -hmm. went just to, you know, gave me a list of foods not to eat. I was like, I came here to just get my freckles checked out. I have a lot of freckles. I don't know why you're giving me a list of foods. It looked like a toxic diet is what it looked like. I was like, no. Yeah, I've seen Hannah in person, which is, I haven't seen a lot of my guests, but yeah, I've seen Hannah in person. She does have amazing skin, so that's oh. that. But yeah, thank like, um, yeah, like, thank you for pointing that out again, and, or not again, but also for pointing that out, because um, I think, oh, it's fine. I think that we are taught institutionalized learning to just take whatever's given to us as like the gospel and 
we're not actually taught how to, you know, critically think a lot of times. And I mean, that's a whole ass, that's a whole ass another thing. But I think that that, you know, is what we're talking about in terms of people taking like, oh, this, this study, like this, you know, diet, like taking that as the gospel is a result of that. And yeah, like Kevin was saying that there's, you know, a doctor that does uh, short bits tearing claims down, like all bread is bad, carbs are evil, which yeah, throw back to the Atkins diet. We talked about that, which uh, poll results. So we asked because like toxic diet culture, like we've spoken, is something that is, it permeates our society. And, you know, one of the problems is that it starts at such a young age. So we asked in the poll results this week, we asked in the polls, when did you first feel like you needed to change your body through dieting? And so we had four responses. 29% said, as long as I can remember. Another 29% said, in elementary school. 21% said, in high school. And then 21% said, in college. Yeah. Like, that's, a, I mean, that's, that's yeah. early. So the majority. Majority. Like, like 60 almost 60 percent are within elementary school and more so, than six yeah 60 60 percent nearly six percent is elementary school as long as they can remember but like high school like we were young in high school like mm-hmm. you can't even like you're 18 when you get out about so like before we're 18 like we feel the need to uh like change our bodies through dieting like that's that's telling like for me personally um it wasn't, and we spoke about this in the episode, but just to to share here for, you know, to since we're speaking about in terms of the poll, for me personally, it was like, it was never a stated thing, but it was called, but it was like kind of an understood thing. Like my mom and I spoke about this was always like counting her points or like watching her weight or like saying she can't eat that or saying yeah. like something to that effect. And so it wasn't something where anyone ever told me, except I did, I think I shared this on the episode. My dad did tell me to stop drinking soft drinks um, because I got really addicted to Surge, which was, I guess, kind of like a Mountain Dew situation. Um, but he, he told me I needed to stop drinking those <laughs> whenever I was probably in like, probably like eighth-ish grade, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, other than that, no one really said anything. My grandmother did also, when I came out from college, I didn't share this in um, the episode, but when I came back from college, she's like, oh, it looks like you didn't, you didn't gain the 15. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, who says that? A lot of people, a lot of people say oh, that kind of shit. I, there's so many stories I've heard from my friends in, in my own life where everyone's like, oh yeah, my, my grandma saw me and she was like, you're putting on some, I'm like, goodness gracious. So it's like deeply embedded in, in generation, like, you know, and I, you know, I've talked about in the episode, I, I started dieting in the fourth grade yeah you know uh and when i tell people that they're like so surprised i'm like just it is the way it is i I was literally 10 i as soon as i turned five or six my body was bigger than everybody around me um but i didn't really notice that i was like just your typical kid and i didn't really notice that and then until i got to about fifth grade and I have a couple people comment on my weight. You know, kids are, they're little shits. And they were commenting, you know, about my weight and stuff. And then I, I started to compare myself. And, and, and fit, well, fourth grade, I guess, was when I started dieting. I started dieting in fourth grade because my doctor probably 
somebody said something about me being a, a overweight child. Um, and like, I get it from a health standpoint, you want to look at that kind of stuff, but I don't think that kids should be engaging in any sort of like fad dieting. Yeah. And I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a, that kind of stuff, but I definitely would say that children should not be doing the LA weight loss, doing, um, weight watchers, doing these dieting things. It's okay to change their food to more, whatever it may be more nu nutrient dense things, but mm -hmm. I don't, is the answer but at the time in the early 2000s and if you're on here and you understand the early 2000s and literally the low-rise jeans I'm like, I, I don't like them but anyway but like the really just everybody was eating just like just fix Carrots. It. yeah their food you know and that was like a thing and like everybody was doing and so yeah. fourth grade I was doing it and then it just never my body just never and then I was like okay well sixth grade seventh grade puberty the baby weight will, will leave, right? No, it didn't. And it just kept, so another diet, because I couldn't lose that weight. And then another diet, and just the cycle perpetuated until I was 24, 25, when I finally stopped dieting, you know? So when, so you mentioned about kids and being on diet. So when were you, because I just want to make sure for anyone listening and watching to, to the after party, when were you when you had your first, like, meal replacement bar or diet bar or meal replacement shake or yeah. something of that nature fourth grade so la weight loss was one of those um like bars and mm -hmm. kind of like the atkins um bars and like those disgusting shakes um and so that was fourth grade i think that i've i've done i think what else i've done i've done several of them I don't know. I can't remember most of them, but a lot of them always are rooted in like that meal replacement, drink this shake right. for breakfast and lunch, and then dinner you can have solid foods. Right. Um, so, you know, I don't, no, no child wants to eat one of those nasty bars that who knows what's even in that bar. And no, no adult wants to eat that. Like those things aren't good. Like I've had them. I've had, well, I had the, the Weight Watchers shakes like my mom had those yeah or the slim fast yeah slim fast yeah those things are not good for you and to be honest i wonder if some of that like meal replacement the toxic dieting like meal replacement bars meal replacement shakes i wonder if those have like contributed personally to myself some of my like stomach issues mm -hmm. like i deal with as an adult to this day mm -hmm. um because I almost got roped into one of those meal replacement things a couple of years ago. So those, you know, those like um, herbal life. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. You know, like all these little stores that say so-and-so nutrition, like right. Winston-Salem nutrition, fun nutrition or whatever. Those little pop-up stores, they're right. selling herbal life stuff, which is like a meal replacement protein shake, health, right. whatever. I was drinking those and my stomach, I thought that I was going to be like, I thought I had actually went and got blood work done. And I had my liver enzymes were like out the roof and I researched more about that stuff. And they, and like, um, there's articles out there that talk about this herbal life, like protein shakes being directly impacting people's liver enzymes. And I was like, oh, well, that's great. So obviously I stopped drinking those, but like just thinking about as a kid, when I would drink those or a kid or a teenager, I would some, some form of meal replacement shake or protein shake or things like, I'm not like crapping on protein shakes. I think it's just like, you have to find the ones the ones that are, you know, not going to mess up your blood work, you know, so that um, I didn't know that about CS Phoenix says I didn't know that about um, Herbalife 
specifically, but I am for the probably the last like decade or so I've been very big on the not like counting calories so much, but like counting the chemicals kind of a thing. Like if I can't pronounce it, then I'm like, I don't want to eat that shit. But I, and I don't know where I think Paul check. If anyone knows who that is, Paul check, he's like, it, he's a cool dude, but he talks a lot about, um, yeah, like the importance of eating like whole foods. And I mean, there's just like research, you know? Yeah. And so I, I mean, that's an excellent point. Thank you for bringing it up. Like, yeah, I, I mean- think, I wonder, I wonder how many, of our health problems can be related back to all of the pesticides, like the hormones, the chemicals, like all the shit that goes into it. And I want to go ahead. I would think too, like with the toxic dieting fads, with these quick fixes, with the apple cider vinegar diets, with the the meal replacement diets, like this is a conspiracy theory. We talked about this. What if all of those diets and all of those meal replacement diets, the ones that are really like, drink these for a month, lose 40 pounds, really just kind of get you, it's a cycle. Your body just never is able to, like it just, if it messes up something within yourself internally, and then it just makes you always have to rely on that sort of toxic diet fat or toxic diet product because your body, I mean, I don't know, that's just me thinking like, but I think it is cyclical in nature. Like, give you the thing to make you lose the weight, but also once you go back mm-hmm. in the world where it's like the real world, like when I went to weight loss camp, I was in a controlled environment. Was I eating like non-processed foods? Yes, I was also eating less than 1200 calories a day, less than 20 grams of fat a day. I was also eating those little snack wells, um, 100 calorie snacks. I was eating the Fig Newton 100 calorie snacks. I was eating fat-free potato chips. That shouldn't be a thing, but it was fat-free potato chips, which has Alestra in it. And Alestra is like banned but yep. I was that because that was like the product to eat. Now it's banned. But when I went out into the real world, outside of this controlled environment where I was being fed exactly what I needed to be fed and also all these different like snacks that are healthy, mm. my body just went bizarre. Yeah. And all the way back and more. And yeah, that... And- was a cycle and it was it, it and it's a cycle I've lived for several years and I think a lot of people have lived if you have engaged in sort of if you've had to lose a lot of weight and um like that in, in my experience because I had a lot of weight to lose and I lost it very quickly using a fad diet it just propelled me into that that negative cycle so yeah yeah CS Phoenix had shared to a testament to what you were saying um, regarding the, the damage that these, this, the toxic diet culture has on our bodies that, oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Her dietitian told me that my Alejandro, something could have developed from the damage that I did to my body. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know what Alejandro is, but <laughs> something apparently could have developed. And yeah, thank you for sharing. And then Joe says, um, that yeah, you sure that those things are loaded with crazy <laughs> stuff. Yeah, like, and it's something that, so we asked as well, I want to talk about like another allergies. Okay, yeah, your allergies could have developed some damage. I wonder, thank you for sharing and, and for updating. I was like, I don't know. This is kind of like Mad Libs. I was like, <laughs> do what? I was like, who's Alejandro? 
Yeah, it's like, who, who is this? Who is this, this, this person? Um, but yeah, we, so one of the questions that we asked as well was how much money have you spent to alter your body to be either smaller or larger or to look a certain way? And we included, bring this up now because we included diet foods and or plans, meal shakes, weight loss attempts, pills, body enhancements. Um, those were like the examples that we put. I didn't include, or we didn't include um, like gym memberships and that kind of a thing because I think that yeah. I, I didn't want to like skew it. Like not everyone goes to the gym for yeah. like that purpose. Per yeah, I don't think gyms, yeah, because gyms aren't, you know, and I've had to get to that space. Like gyms aren't just meant for losing weight. But yeah, yeah I, like I, I agree on that. Yeah. And I know I've said openly that I've definitely spent more than 10000 so 14% said they've spent more than 10,000. Yeah, a lot of money. which is a lot of money. But this uh, is a 3 billion dollar industry, so yeah. yeah. Well, so 14% said over 10%. Uh 21% said in the thousands. Another 21% said none, which I'm like that's interesting. <laughs> right? Good for you. I was like, "What? Um who are these people?" Saved a lot of money. Proud of you. Right. The majority, 44%, said between one and 1,000. Mm. Yeah. I've, yeah. I wish that I, I wish I wouldn't have spent a dollar, but I did. Right. <laughs> and I, right. like, I still have, like, uh, not, not recently, but, like, there have been multiple times where I'm, like, I've spent $300 on, I told you, I think I spent, I don't even know how much money on, um, well, weight loss camp in itself was expensive, obviously. Um, and that backfired, which it, there's a lot of like, what's so cool, not so cool, but what is interesting about the fat camps or the fat farms, literally what they were called. Oh my God. Um, a lot of like families, because it was such a big thing. I have, when I posted my TikTok on that, and I got, it blew up. I had a lot of people come out of the woodworks and they were like, I went to a camp like that too. Uh, my family took out a, a, a second mortgage or like what? Second loan. Like all the, people were taking out loans to pay for their children to go to these camps. People, I mean, and, but that also happens with like, I mean, the people were going into financial like ruin to, because they believed the science. They believed what the people were preaching was true. They believed that this was, this was like the end all be all, the holy thing. Like it was gonna become what it needed to become. But it was just so crazy to me because everybody get seventy to eighty percent of the weight loss. This is I don't know what it looks like now. This was like really like an article written a long time ago. But most of the majority of the campers would gain the weight back, and if not more, which is like the biggest loser too. Right. You know? They did studies on Biggest Loser participants, and 90% of them, I think, don't quote me on that, but it is a very majority percentage of all of those participants gained back that weight and more. I, the, I, so, yeah, for anyone listening, watching, we didn't really talk about it that much on the episode, but Hannah made a TikTok about her experience with Fat Camp, and it did go viral, so you can Google and, like, learn more, or I can post the link um, if anyone, like, wants to read it. You can go, it's I take that somewhere, and then there is a BuzzFeed article out there. It was cool. It was, oh, no big deal. Oh, yeah, she was on podcast. Yeah, it was cool. 
And that's a cool toxic diet culture thing is how rude and mean people were to my comments about me going to fat camp at 15 years old. Um, they were just, people were just rude. Like I had grown men in the comments and I'm a grown woman now, but like in that writing that article and, and like being back and sharing my memories about fat camp, I was 15. Like I was still, and like, I, I know what I felt like when I was 15 right. and grown men in the comments saying, She's just a complainer. She's just a whiner. She just loses. She don't have discipline. She don't blah, blah, blah. I'm like, goodness gracious. You should do, you know, that trend now that's like that song that's like things that men said to me when I told them I'm a doctor or things that men said to me when oh, I told them to put on a condom. That's you should. I did, yeah, yeah. I did do it. I literally said it. It was like things people said to me when I told them I like engaged in toxic dieting as a kid. Oh my gosh. I'll have to go look. I'm not on TikTok that much, but I'll have to go look. I haven't seen that yet, but that's it. Okay. Good. Good. I'm glad that you did that. Being a toxic diet culture affects people's mindset where they feel like they are experts in providing people nutri like, you know, nutritious advice and dieting advice. They think that they just know how to tell, well, just eat less than 1200 calories. You'll lose the weight. No. Yeah, How many times not... I have to tell people you not need to eat that low of calories in order to lose weight? I don't know what doesn't click with people, but it's still deeply ingrained. It's still in deeply ingrained. So uh, that beautiful segue into one of the our next question that we asked: How or what has impacted? What about toxic diet culture has impacted you most? Whether it be your mindset or your physical body or both. So like what? Um, how has it impacted you most? I don't know why, how I managed to mess up that question, but how, where has it impacted you the most is the question. And so um, between your mindset and your physical body. So 64% said both are equally impacted, which I would say I would be in the 64%, like mind and body both fucked. 21% um, said my physical body and 14% said my mindset and so that was interesting to me because yeah I so like I said for me it's both like both I, I fucked up both like I fucked up my metabolism I binged and purged I talked about that before and um I also yeah had this like stigma like about like the things that I should and like shouldn't do with regards mm -hmm. to food and exercise like in order to morph my body into like looking a certain way. And so, yeah, for me, it was both. Um, I was surprised. I was surprised it wasn't more people that said both. And yeah. also I was surprised that it wasn't from that percentage. It wasn't more people to say that it impacted their mindset more than their body. Mm -hmm. What were your, what was your response to that? I don't know. I guess it really obviously depends on the person. It depends on your experience with toxic diet culture. Um, I don't know how it could not like, like just looking at it from like a very like theoretical standpoint, I don't know how it could not affect both, but it right. just your experience. Maybe if you haven't engaged, it could be your experience. It could be how many times you've engaged in toxic diet culture in your life. If you've only ever maybe perceived it and never actually engaged in it, mm -hmm. probably see how it could affect you mentally or affect people physically. Personal, I mean, like I said, I'm only speaking on my personal account. It's, it's, it's affected both because I don't, I think that your physical and your mental 
are very much in line and connected, mm-hmm. which we talked about this. Like when I first came on to you as, as one of your clients, the reason that I came on is because I was having such difficulty with my body image as a result of dieting. I just came off the keto diet. I've been on that diet for almost three years and my body was absolutely like ruined. So the physical was there, but it was also just affecting me so mentally because I was not able to lose any more weight. And I've lost a significant amount of weight because of that diet, but only within the first five months of doing that diet. And I stayed on that diet for years, like years later, because I thought, well, this is the only way my body can lose weight. This is the only way my body will be the type. And then when I got to a point where it was not serving me anymore, probably because my body was like, what are you doing? Then I went to the doctor and I got blood work done and my I realized that I had uh, like hypothyroidism, which I knew my mom's always suspected I had thyroid problems. Um, but I think that keto propelled me further into it. I think it like kickstarted me to get into to, uh, to having a slower thyroid, which there's like some like research, some preliminary research out there that talks about that, lowering those um, hormones in your body. And so I also was having really bad breakouts. Um, like, if I looked at sugar, my body, like, rejected it. Mm. I just, you know, that's a miserable life to live. So that's why I came to you to just, like, learn how to control my thoughts a little bit better and deconstruct a lot of these toxic dieting thoughts and deconstruct a lot of these body issues, like body image issues and constant feeling and need to lose weight and engage in dieting. And that was probably like the heavy, I gained back like 20 pounds from the 50 pounds I lost off keto. And I thought there was like no way I was ever going to lose that weight again. No way I was ever going to like, I need to either engage in keto or I need to switch on to the next diet. Um, And we talked and we like worked through the mental and we worked through body acceptance and like body neutrality and like how to reframe your mind to eat foods that are nutrient dense not because you have to, not because someone's like a diet is telling you you can't eat this food and restricting it. And also working through the mindset piece of it all of using like exercise as a form of punishment, not doing that. Right. I lost 20 pounds. I didn't even go on a diet. So like that's to me is like, that's a physical effect from a mental shift. So, yeah. you know, and so I think they are, they're very, very much in tune and in line. Um, if your bo- if your mind is healthy, healthy and happy, your body responds the same way. Because I feel like when I am the like the lowest and like if I'm sad, if I'm mad, if I'm angry, I typically do want to resort to food to soothe me. And a lot of times that food is not is like food that I binged on because when I was younger and when I was a teenager, um, and you know. I, I I got binge eating disorder because of my restrictive and toxic diets that I like really restricted a whole entire food group or my calories and that caused me to binge eat. And so like sometimes I re- resorted back to that because of some of the things. But when I changed some of the mindset shifts, I don't think I've, I I became the healthiest version of myself in that in that instance. And I know when I am not mentally grounded my body does want to res- re- resort back to engaging in behaviors that I know are not serving me in the realm of like, like um, nourishing my body. I don't know. 
they're very connected for me. Yeah, they're very connected for all of us. And thank you for that. And thank you for, for sharing that because, yeah, like the body keeps the score. And it's something where these are like coping mechanisms that served you long ago and far away. So even though you consciously, you know, know differently now, even though you consciously know, like you said, what foods work for you now, like you've created a better relationship. Whenever, you know, push comes to shove, sometimes it's like, fuck, I just want to, yeah, like comfort myself with these foods because whenever we eat, chemicals are created in our brains. And so, yeah, like it, it does make us feel better. Like it is comforting. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that it's really cool that you have been able to share your story in this capacity. Like who would have thought like, you know, years later, you would be sharing your story and helping so many people talk about like through talking about your experience personally with fat camp and, you know, now here talking to anyone and everyone listening about how toxic it can be so that people can hopefully feel validated in their own experience and in their own thoughts. And um, yeah, we're going to share some tips later. And we also do an episode on how you can start to create a healthier relationship with food. And so I'm just so proud. I am just like, I cannot be more proud of you and everything that you are doing and will do and um can we spoiler alert like what you're writing yeah yeah i mean i haven't written i haven't like written in so long and a lot of it's like yeah so i started to write a book on kind of like a lot of things that as a teenager and child i've dealt with in terms of like body image issues self-esteem and it's like effect on me in a lot of ways and a lot of like self-hatred I carried around my body and shame in myself for the longest time as a child and as a teenager. And just how I, I haven't written and I think that I should, I haven't written much about like dieting and like that's role in my life and um, all the different challenges that I have had with that. So maybe I should, should put that in there. Um, it was more focused on the, the what I've been writing is more focused on um, a, a different side of my story, but you know, I think that that could also be a, a big part of it too, because it resonated with a lot of people when, you know, I, I think it's funny. I, I post on TikTok and when I tell people that I'm not trying to be, I mean, maybe I am trying to be an influencer, but maybe it's in a different capacity because a lot of the things I talk about are things that have brought me a lot of shame in my life, but I've learned over the past couple of years to like release that shame and open up parts of myself that, I used to be embarrassed about and one of those things being going to fat camp as a kid or diet always on a diet because I felt like when you told people you're on a diet you never wanted to tell people it was always like a shame for me to say oh I'm trying to lose weight because then everybody wanted to give their two cents on how to do it or everybody wanted to say oh which diet are you doing or mm -hmm. you did it wasn't successful in that diet because let's be honest most there's research that shows most people who engage in these dieting fads in restrictive eating it doesn't work for them especially if you have a significant amount of weight to lose yeah. it not it, it typically does not work for them and it certainly did not work for me and it's certainly like we talked about in the episode the research that supports when you do engage in some of these restrictive dieting with a lot of significant amount of weight to lose especially in those teenage years it only propels you into a life where that is a cycle for you of always having to either you're going to gain weight or you're trying to lose it back rapidly, I mean, that can't be good for your health. And that can't yeah. be for, you know, actually finding balance and peace in in your body and in your size. 
Yeah, and in your mind, like taking it back to that, like that can't be that like yo-yo. Like it's always like how exhausting to you're dieting now. Oh, it's back. Like yeah, how exhausting. And so yeah, which I don't know how you keep doing this, but uh, great segue into one of our next questions, which was uh, how many fad diets have you tried? And so the examples were everything from like the whole 30 and like paleo, because let's be honest, like those are fads and Atkins. If anyone remembers that, which was like, yeah, I think 28 grams of carbs or less a day is like what that was, if I'm not mistaken, which was like crazy. Um, Yeah. I I don't know if I ever strictly did Atkins, but I definitely did like eat their bars when I was on keto. Mm -hmm. If I desperately wanted to eat something sweet and keto, Mm -hmm. no sugar, no carbs. So I did get creative on my diet. I made some disgusting desserts and made my family eat them. They also, they were also negatively affected by toxic diet culture because I was engaging in the diet probably every six months. I was like, (laughs) and they're like, my stepdad has heart issues and I would make a keto meal and it's just straight fat, just Mm -hmm. straight like 700 calories, like a thousand calorie meal. I was just straight butter. Yeah. He's like, this yeah, but I have heart issues. I'm like, yeah, my diet. It's just so crazy to me. But yeah, we so yeah, we also keto was one of the ones that we mentioned as well. So pretty much any fad diet. And we spoke about um, just to 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 speak to that. Yeah, like I remember looking whenever keto like came out, I knew someone who was like jacked and did keto. And I was like, maybe I should try it. And I remember looking at like, and trying it and like seeing like exactly what you said, like what all you can eat. And it's just like straight fat. So what has worked for me is a a concept called metabolic typing. You can look it up. William Wolcott, you know, did some research on it. And it's essentially saying that we all had different metabolic types. That's why like some diets work for you. They won't work for me, vice versa. And so um, that has been what's worked for me. I've seen it work for others. And it's essentially just like eat according to like what your type is. Like it's not saying that like this is the type. It's saying figure out what your type is and then eat accordingly and make sure that you check every once in a while to see if your type has changed because our bodies change. So we go through different stages and phases and age and that kind of thing. So knowing that what my type was when I checked that out, it's not a lot of fat. I actually eat more than like they recommend because I, I, I take that, but like I make it my own. And it's a lot of protein. And so whenever I like looked at keto, I feel like I tried it for like maybe a day or two. And <laughs> I was like about to pass out during my workout. Like yeah. I felt like I was going to vomit. Like I don't do good with high fat. <laughs> let me just, let me just confess. I was like that keto person that was like the worst to be around. And I recognize that now, that now I repent and I pray for forgiveness every day. But I like all the time. I would look at my, and I, oh, it was so bad. I did a lot of reflection on this, but like I would see my family and friends and like, I'm like, I keto, I lost all this weight. And you look like an expert when you lose a lot of weight, but like right. people don't recognize that the way that I went about doing it was not healthy, <laughs> but I seem like an expert. So I would tell people, oh yeah, I did keto. Like sugar is the devil. Sugar is the worst for you. You shouldn't eat bread. You shouldn't eat sugar. You should eat this way. And I was like, and I was me. I was <laughs> Like I, I went to a, a trip with my friends and I got mad at them because they wouldn't go to a place that had the right bacon for me to eat. Oh my God. Well, that, you were probably so mean because you didn't have any carbs. My best friend was like, 
you need to really check yourself. And I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're probably just pissed and sad. That's I, why people on diets are so angry. Like I, when I started, yeah. When I started feeling my body appropriately, I was like, damn, no wonder I was a cranky bitch. Like, yeah, no wonder I had anger issues. Like I was probably just hungry. Um, and yeah. Joe said, same here. A friend told me about it at the gym, but definitely, it definitely didn't work for me. So yeah, the keto. So how many fad diets have people tried? Um, 40% said none, which I was like, what? Wait, is that right? Is that the right one? Hold on. Um, how many people? Yeah, 40% said none. 33 said a handful. 13% for both all of them and just one of them, mm. which I thought was interesting. Interesting data. Right? Right? I thought that was interesting. I was like, none? 40%? That's a lot. I have, can I make some phone calls to people? Just kidding. Right? Same. I thought that, yeah. I, I'm going to, mean, I'm good gonna, for you. Um, I, yeah, I definitely, I don't even know. Weight Watchers, Atkins. LA weight loss, metabolic effect, keto. I don't even know. I don't yeah. know. I, it, mine's been like a handful. I've done paleo, the whole 30. I think I've done that. Um, I've, I tried Atkins. I did the, so there's something called the negative calorie diet, which I feel like, did I tell you about this? Yeah. Like eating a stalk of celery. Yeah. So yes. It, it takes energy to consume it than the actual caloric count. Yes, which is crazy. So, like, what the fuck are you running on? Fumes? Like, air? I don't even understand. You know, there's so many diets out there. Like, I was looking up, like, uh, the history of fad diets. Yes, because that was one of the questions. So, one of the questions, we asked what questions you had about toxic diet culture. And these are kind of, like, two, these are two of the same. So, one person says, who the heck makes this stuff up? Isn't it all just BS? And someone said, what is the real root of this culture? So, mm -hmm. yeah, go ahead. Share your research. This is like a cool little, like, graphic. But it's called the History of Fad Diets. And it was like 500 BC. The Olympics, the Olympic athletes started some fad dieting. Then there was a uh, cabbage and urine diet. What? Yeah, Cato's, one of the philosophers. Um, let's see arsenic diet i remember hearing about that in the 1800s oh so look looks like 1880 was the high fat low carb diet in germany a vinegar diet no breakfast and raw food diet the chew and spit diet interesting that sounds like some disordered eating if i ever heard any i said <laughs> early 1900s the tapeworm diet i have heard of that one just like why do we collectively like the things we do to lose weight? I'm like, oh my god. Um, cabbage soup diet, grapefruit diet. I've heard of that one. Doesn't that like the 80s? Yes, the Sleeping Beauty diet. This is when you would people would sedate themselves so they would eat less. What? Yeah, they would like go to bed more or sedate themselves. And I don't, I don't need help with that. I need help with the opposite. I'm like, what is wrong? Why are we doing this? And then, so, yeah. So, okay. So that's interesting. Thank you for sharing that. We hadn't talked about that. What my thought was is that 
it probably came from, yeah, like people seeing other people perform or get some sort of accolade and being like, I want that. What did you do? And then assuming that it's coming from, yeah, like their aesthetic. Yeah. And then with that, I would assume that some marketer probably picked up on it and just ran to straight into 2022. Like, it's like what fitness people do a lot of days, like a lot of times, like not, I'm not saying all, oh, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of bad out there if, if, with anything, but like I've, I've followed fitness accounts before where they sell their fitness, they sell their food plan. They sell their workout. Mm-hmm. And you want a body like this, eat like this. And you go and look at the food plan. And you're like, okay, I'll eat just like them. My body does not respond the way mm-hmm. their body does. So, and I think it's just like understanding that, no, it's no one size fit all approach to how you should eat. Um, I've definitely engaged in some, I've, I've bought that material before and been like, I tried to eat just like them, but I didn't lose weight. I didn't like, I maybe lost five pounds and then my body just went, no. Probably yeah. Cause, probably because they were, those were like 1200 calorie diets. Yeah. And so same about like, the the workouts we talked about this like on like one of the very first episodes where we talked about like you know um movement in your body or food and mood and it was about how people will be like oh i do this workout with resistance bands get a body like mine and i'm like bitch you did not get that you might use resistance bands but that is not where that came from (laughs) like what and so yeah i think that you were right like it's kind of one of those things where they go hand in hand. I think that there's a lot of overlap because we're like, well, you need both. And I'm glad that there has been more conversation about the importance of food, not as a way to, you know, make your body look a certain way, but as a way to fuel your body and nourish your body so that you can do life, whatever that looks like for you, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a parent, whether you are um, an employee, like whether you're all of the above, whether like whatever, like just fueling your body so that you can be in a healthy state where you're present and alert and able to show up and able to literally just do life. And so I'm glad that like more has been coming to the forefront um, about that. And whenever we ask people as well, what is some shit that they were someone would have told them about toxic diet culture we had some similar responses and so i'm going to share some of those now number one um someone said it impacts everyone have grace with yourself and others as you are learning to let it go which i thought was really beautiful um it exists in more than just the media it's at home it's in school and it's also in quote unquote safe spaces which i think is important um to point out as well because yeah we oftentimes and this is I think kind of like what we've touched on. It's not that, you know, all people are bad or we're not like talking shit or anything like that. But I think that we've all been conditioned to think that like a certain way is right. And so we therefore spread that information and that might not necessarily be true or right for everyone. Um, someone else shared that I realized early that the diets are not about health. They are about money. Most supporting data is skewed which we talked about in the very beginning of this conversation someone else shared trust your instincts if it's too good to be true chances are it's fake which i think is true when it comes to what 
um, you were sharing earlier about lose 10 pounds in 20 days or like whatever the case may be. Someone said, I love this. The societal beauty standards are bullshit. Yes, they are. And someone else said that it's all MySpace angles and lighting, which throwback to the MySpace. <laughs> but honest, MySpace angles was just like from up, like the, the tallest pie, uh, part of the of the room. Yeah, like as far as my arm will reach, and also with um, MySpace angles, the blurry like camera resolution. <laughs> Now it's like Photoshop and like retouching, which the apps that do that, that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah. there are crazy, the things that you can do with those apps. You can, re you can retouch videos. You, you can like or make me a different person. Yeah. I like, I'm yeah. That's, why I'm um, that's why I'm posting like the, the new series on my TikTok of like big girls can work out too. Cause I can mm. I'm a bigger girl. I have literally always been a bigger girl. Like that is who I am. I accept it. And I think a lot of people, when I open my mouth and talk about dieting, they don't want to hear it from me. But I'm like, look, look, I've lived, breathed, eat it, all the things. I've done it all. And I like read about it, but not read about it. I research. I actually like. I don't know. Anyways, it's like a side hobby for me. Um, but posting about my body and being able to do a workout, and like you know, here's all of the different uh angles i'm gonna be honest with you i do not look perfect working out nor do i look perfect sitting at a desk i look like a hunched over gremlin and i know i do that's a me. gremlin i i yeah, thank I, you for that yeah like that's it's a cool series so anyone who's not already following hannah go over and do that tiktok is where she's most active um same same screen name and i will link it well it's linked if you listen to the podcast or if you watch on youtube but um yeah like that's i love that series do you post those on here too have you seen them on here mm, not as much some i feel like i've seen some in like the stories maybe i was working on one because i worked out yesterday and it's probably the worst angled one and i'm like very hesitant to post it but i'm like whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well i appreciate that um, oh, and one other person had said, trust your body when it comes to talking about diet culture, which I think is also important. I was looking at this article, and, like, I actually have it pulled up, and somebody was talking about, like, what is the current diet mindset of Americans? Um, and I hope you don't mind me sharing, but it was talking about we pretty much continue to beat ourselves up and believe, one, it is impossible to be fit and fat at the same time. Two, all large people must lose weight in order to improve their health and fitness level. Three, all large people are in poor health. Four, everyone can lose weight if they just follow the proper diet and regular exercise program. Five, the main reason people regain lost weight is their failure to comply with prescribed diets or make long-term commitments to weight loss. And they talk, he referenced uh, a book called Bad Science that talks about we have somehow become collectively obsessed with these absurd, thinly evidenced individual tinkerings in diet, distracting us from simple, healthy eating advice. But more than that, as we saw, distracting us from other important lifestyle risks for ill health that cannot be sold or commodified. Like, pretty good stuff. Yeah, I love that. C.S. Phoenix says you're a beautiful badass. Thank you. She is. Um, we had another question that we haven't touched on and right. I want us to make sure, no, like you, you, you are excellent. Um, and it was, what do you think is the first step in overcoming toxic diet culture? 
do you want to take this first? Uh, obviously, I can speak for myself, but I can. I think that the way that I approach it now, because I still, I have a lot of people that come to me. I won't say a lot, but I have a lot of people that trust me in, in talking about these kind of things, um, family and friends, and, and even people on TikTok ask me questions. And I always leave with number one, I'm not a, a nutritionist or dietitian, so please don't look for medical advice for me. But I will say, I always tell them, I'm like, you've got to figure out your own body. You've got to understand how your body works. And you can't assume that a diet that you see online is going to work for you. Or the, uh, you've got to just eat the eat foods that you think that feel good to you to eat. Um, and it's okay to understand that, like, eating something bad is, doesn't make you bad. Doesn't mean that you're unhealthy. Doesn't mean that you are going to gain all your weight back if you have weight to lose. Also, um, taking over or getting rid of or deconstructing, I'll say this bad versus good food because food is food food will it's it's there to serve a purpose it's there to be to, to do what it's supposed to do but some foods your body may respond better to some foods your body may not and just understanding that too i think another big thing is overcoming diet culture is investigating and leaning into why you feel that you are you need to change your body so much so all the time like what who is telling you that why are they telling you that where are you getting that information from if it's truly because of some sort of medical issue like consult with your doctor consult with the nutritionist consult with a dietitian but if it's something where you're like i don't feel good enough i don't feel worthy enough i don't feel all these different things investigate that a little bit because i think when i started to really work on my mental side of like how i talk to myself how i work with myself how i all these different things. I, I think that is what helped me launch me into understanding and like looking at food and exercise in a way that was like, I was excited about, I was excited to eat a big ass salad. Not because I felt like I needed to eat that salad to lose weight, but because the like how that salad made me feel. And I'm not saying you gotta eat a salad. It could be a cheeseburger, who cares? But just understanding that and understanding how, just finding excitement back in the way that you eat and the in the way that you live and not feeling so much dread around like because let's be honest no one's excited to go on a diet no one is excited about it it's like one of those things like you roll your eyes you're like oh gotta go back online i wish and you just become a person of like a version of yourself that you're not exactly really happy with and i would say do your research too if it like like that person said it looks too good to be true it likely is if it's a quick fix, it's telling you that if you pay this 30-month installment of, 10, of this much money, um, you'll lose the weight. Probably not. Probably not going to work. If it guarantees you're going to lose weight very quickly, you may lose the weight very quickly if you buy that product. But you also, more than likely, research shows you're probably going to get it back and more. And there's a lot of shame, and I've been there, about gaining weight back after you lost a significant amount. It feels like crap, and it makes you feel like crap, and it makes you feel like helpless, and that's the worst feeling to feel, have. Versus now, I've lost a lot of weight, and my body fluctuates in weight. Like I'll gain ten pounds, and then I'll lose, and I'll gain. And it's like, but I've learned to become comfortable with that, and understanding my body is going to fluctuate, and my body is going to, as long as it's feeling good, as long as I am happy. As long as I am working out and exercising and feeling strong in myself, then 
what else matters? Like, wh why else does it matter if I lose another 30, 40 pounds? For who am I doing that for? So, that is what I will say. And hopefully, a little bit of advice. I wish I had like a 10 step guideline. Maybe I'll work on that. Or TikTok. Yeah. Follow me on TikTok. Yeah. yeah, I like that. And thank you for sharing that. I. Yeah, I feel so what do I so what do you think is the first step in overcoming toxic bad culture? For me, I would say awareness. I think awareness is the first step in a lot of things. And I think that like we spoke whenever we first like hopped on the after party um, for our conversation today, it's that so many of us are existing within this system, within this way of thinking, that we aren't present to the fact that we're following that script. Yeah. And so it's something where whenever you become aware of like, oh, this is the program that's running, this is the program that I'm operating in, then you're empowered to say, hey, like, I see like what this program is, and I don't want to be a part of it anymore. Yeah. I want to write my own program. And like you said, I want to learn, you know, what works for me, I want to recognize that, hey, like, it's not my fault that I have, you know, thought that I should and shouldn't like eat these things for so long or you know work out you know to punish myself or whatever you may think it's not your fault that you think that it comes from somewhere yeah. and as soon as you realize that i think that that is the first step to overcoming it because then you have the awareness to say like oh that's not mine like that's not my fault or that's not my thought that's not what i want my thought to be that's someone else's that has been like playing in the background and so I would say that's step number one. And then step number two is like you mentioned to not to, not to copy your answer, but like you mentioned, like figure out what it is that works for you. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that you're going to be able to, you know, try like, you know, this like one thing. And I mean, maybe you will, maybe like the first thing you try will be like, Oh, this is exactly what I, I needed. Maybe you know enough about yourself that you're able to do that. But for most of us, it's going to be this constant process that's going to be evolving from the moment you realize and become aware that, hey, like I've been operating in this, you know, toxic diet culture program mm -hmm. or system, whatever you want to call it. it that's going to that's going to be the catalyst for this evolution that you are now going to be in for likely the rest of time um, where you are constantly trying to or constantly working towards learning more about your body and like what works for you. And, you know, what you want to do, like, I think that, um, and I've, I've spoken about this before, like, for a long time, I was like, well, I should, you know, eat these things. And I should like reward myself with that. Like people, you know, like cupcakes, people are like, you know, have a cupcake. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll have a fucking cupcake. I don't like cupcakes. I don't like sweets. I just don't. I don't know why. I just, I just don't. But if you put a pizza, like you could leave a cheesecake in my fridge. It would be super safe. Like Fort Knox. Like, I'm not going to touch it. But if you leave a pizza, I cannot promise that any of it will be here. <laughs> like, so knowing like that about yourself, knowing like, you know, what it is that you enjoy and what it is that like makes your body feel good. Um, like I mentioned as well, like keto, I was like, did not work for me. Like lots of high fat things do not work for me. Yeah. Like, can I have them throughout the day? Yes. But like, is that all I could eat? Not at all. <laughs> like. I made a Instagram called Keto Conmigo. Yeah, it was a weight loss Instagram. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's still active. I mean, I don't know the login. I can't get in there anymore, but it's still active. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. I was. Okay. I, I was when I was keto. 
If you knew me in that time period, I'm sorry. I apologize. Please forgive me. That's hilarious. Okay. Um, this has been awesome. Do you have any final thoughts before we go into um, some questions to get to know you a little bit better? And then we'll wrap it up from there. Nope, I don't. Okay, cool. And yeah, if anyone listening, watching, you're still with us, uh, let us know if you have any questions because we're going to do a little get to know Hannah segment. Um, and then we will wrap it up from there. So, all right, ma'am, are you ready? I'm excited for this. Okay. Okay. So first question, these are rapid fire, rap, rapid-ish um, fire questions. So what is a life hack you wish you knew sooner? Life hack? Oh, God. Yeah. I'm not good at this. I was like, you know lots of life hacks. You, yeah. I don't even know, Jonna. Life hack. Ooh, give me an example. Um, like the, the TikTok hacks. I can't think of any right now. But like like the one where it's... um. Well, I'll tell you but I'll tell you my lesson learned. Okay. I thought, okay, avocados, they go ripe in the middle of the night, and you're mm. so when you wake up, you want the avocado because it's already bad. In the middle of the night? I'm just, you know, making that meme. Oh, like, I was like, oh, is that real? Bam, <laughs> when I really, like, you know. But anyways, I saw a TikTok. This is like, don't believe every life hack you see on TikTok. This is a warning. I saw a TikTok on how to preserve avocado in water. But Brandy just joined. I'm sorry. Um, and I told my best friend about this. And we preserved our avocados in water. But then, like, three or four weeks later, I, re I, I watched this other video. And I, like, researched it. Then I was like, let me get a little bit of research. Because it was like, don't store your avocados in water. There's bacteria that will get into your avocado and make you sick. I was like, oh, no. So I told my best friend. And she said, she's like, you know, ever since I started doing that, I started to feel sick after eating avocados. I was like. And I think I ruined avocados for my best friend. So that's not a life hack, but it is a life hack I learned. And you should just be, just be cautious. I think that is, I think that's a good life hack. I've seen that. Brain, brain. <laughs> I apologize. So that, <laughs> I don't do life hacks now. I just kind of like, okay. I'll take well, it the hard way because I'm going to get somebody uh, freaking whatever it is. So uh, I've seen I've seen that hack and I'm like, Ooh, let me try it. But I, I haven't yet because uh, I'm a Pisces and I, I do the thing where I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then I don't, um, that's a long list for me, but I think that that's a life hack. Don't, don't believe all the TikTok hacks that you research. Google the TikTok hacks. At this point, it's better than putting it in water. And eating it. Like, okay. So another one was that quesadilla thing where you like put it in the corner and then like fold it up, you know, oh, yeah. where you cut it. That was some bullshit for me because I'm like, I need more, I need more stuff in this. Yeah. Like what do you put like a, a shred of cheese per slice? Like you can't fold it anyway. Okay. So, um, that's a good life hack. I believe is to research your hacks, research your TikTok hacks before you actually try them. I think that's, that's a great one. Um, like that, this balsamic vinegar and soda seltzer tastes like oh. Coke. No. Did that's you try that? culture I'll, i will say like red flag <laughs> yeah i don't watched i coke like don't drink balsamic vinegar and freaking seltzer water and it's like diet coke no it does not i watched this guy bd carpenter he's like a fitness guy he like shows videos like i, I like his account but he was like he had a funny response to it. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, no, <laughs> like, don't do this. 
Um, okay, so we got the last act one. So, okay, next question is, what's an awesome book that you wish someone would have told you about sooner? Awesome book? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Donna, you're hitting me with questions that I don't know how to answer, and then people are going to be like, God, this girl don't know anything. I feel like I, nobody tells me about books. But you read a lot. I read a lot, but I just, like, go and just investigate um, my friend so what's what's a recommended one? A recommended one? Well, I'm about to go see where the crawdads sing, but then I also recognize so that I did like that book, but I think the author is a little problematic, but the book is good. Okay. But I'm gonna go see the movie because it's based okay. on Carolina Marshes. It's based on what? Oh, in here? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, do a TikTok and let us know what your review is on that. Okay. I've never. Is that is that fiction? Nonfiction? It's fiction. It's a good book. It's I'm a big, I'm a big nonfiction person, um, so I don't read anything for fun really. I'm reading the the books I'm reading now. They're not light reads. I'm reading. Um, it didn't start with you. An immunity to change. I'm doing like a, a tandem situation. Hmm. I recommend so far. But my my full book, my TikTok. I'll do a book review for my TikTok. I'll do that. I'll do it. So you do one for. Where the crawdads sing, and I'll do one for these books. Um, okay, name a feel-good go-to thing that everyone needs to know. Feel-good go-to thing that everyone needs to know. Uh-huh. It's so subjective. For me, a feel-good go-to thing is, if you can, just finding, like, the cutest little coffee shop in your neighborhood mm-hmm. and going and sitting there and getting, like, like, I used to not do that. I used to deny myself like a latte and a scone or like a pastry because it didn't fit within my diet. Mm-hmm. And that's a feel good go-to thing for me. Every Friday I go and do, and I sit. It feels really good. And it just, so, it's a Friday routine for me. I saw where you were today and I was like, number one, where is that? And number two, yeah, you inspired me. I was like, I should go out and like work from coffee shops more. Like, or period. Like, I don't. But, yeah, okay, we love that. I think that that, that is a great go-to thing. You're right, it is subjective. But that's your go-to thing, and so thank you for sharing. Um, what? So this is something I usually ask, uh, like, colleagues, but since you are someone who has a photography business and videography business, what do you wish that all clients knew before working with you? Um, I'm a little all over the place, and I apologize. Um, but... I do really care about my clients and I care about people that I work with, people that I serve in whatever capacity that may be. I just can be a little bit scatterbrained sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. that just leans me, uh, you know, I do a good job when I'm in it. I do a good job. Like, like it, it helps me be a little bit more creative because I'm not super structured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you have ADHD? I don't know. I think I'm just disorganized. Interesting. Okay. I'm self, I I have self-diagnosed myself. So I'm asking, that was not a rapid fire question, but um, that was just a curious question. So, okay. This next question um, is fun. So what is something in your life today that you get really excited about that younger Hannah would be looking at you like, no, like shaking my damn head. Like Mm -hmm. what? So for example, for me, nonstick cookware. Mm, That's a good one. Right. Uh, I love a good vacuum cleaner. I do. Yeah. You know, like huh. a, 
a cordless one. I need a new one. I've been looking. I've been like investigating which one do I want. That excites me. And like stuff to organize my house with. Like I just said, I'm very scatterbrained and like I can be tend to be disorganized, but I have I'm not the best. I'm not gonna sit out here. I'm not not the most organized person. But I do get excited when I when I get things that help me become that way. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. younger self me would have been like, mm, absolutely not. I mean, the vacuum cleaner is funny to me, but someone said insults. Steven said insults, like shoe insults. Insults. <laughs> Shoes. That also made me laugh. Um, but yeah, vacuum cleaners. Okay, I love this question so much because I'm just kind of like, who would have thought like 10 years ago, younger Hannah would have not been like, hmm, that vacuum cleaner. <laughs> you know what else? This is a total like sidebar. Um, box cutters. Ooh. Like, I worked in retail and like a nice box cutter. Whoever thought that I would get so jazzed about that? I used it today. Like, I got one because I was like, I did the ordering and I was like, damn, this is a nice box cutter. And sure enough, like, yeah. So uh, that's another thing. Okay, last question for the rapid fire ish. If you could tell everyone just one thing that is some shit that you wish someone told you about anything, what would it be? Like, in general, just anything you wish that someone would have told you. Um, just, like, how to budget better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm financially not the best. But also, I was really good. I mean, but you know what? At least I had 17,000 geometry classes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, someone else, I believe, said something about money. Um, yeah, just like finances, like financial, like hygiene or financial literacy. So, yeah, yeah. maybe that's. I, like, I have two master's degrees, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because like, I just like, I've taken a lot of classes on like art and literature and I like them. They're good classes. They make you think. I think they build critical thinking skills, but also I wish that I was required to have taken a financial literacy class in high mm-hmm. school or college. But well, they probably don't. They, they they don't want you to know how to do that. They don't want you. Yeah. Then they'll be like, "Oh, college is a scam." <laughs> I, have, I, don't, I can't do any like work with my hands, so I had to go to college. That okay, cool. All right. So, where can they find you, and what do you have going on? You can find me, you can find me on Instagram. Instagram's a little bit more just like, I'm not as fun on here. Sometimes I post fun in stories and TikTok. I do, I do stuff on TikTok. Um, I post like fitness stuff on there. I post little vlogs. I post things about um, like, just like solo travels I love to do, traveling, all the things. I just post what my mind feels like it should post and then hope people don't think that I'm crazy. Well, no one thinks that you're crazy. Yeah, and it's the same name, Hannah Elise, A-L-Y-S-E-E. Um, Hannah with an H, H-A-N-N-A-H. Yes, please put the H on the end. Yeah. I searched for you on something the other day and I was like, oh, that is not her. Um, <laughs> I think it was yesterday, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I almost made a new friend. So thank you for being here. I will make sure to link um, your current, your Instagram, 
um, account here. I'll also link the photography one if you would like. I'll put that there as well in the description for anyone that is interested in seeing the creativity over there on that side and for anyone who might need photos. Um, and then if you want to, yeah, find her on the TikToks and also what a boomer, the TikToks. And that is also linked in YouTube and in the podcast, wherever you like to listen. Um, thank you so much for being here and for having this conversation. I know we've been a little over, but I feel like it was all good stuff and I appreciate your time. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for everybody being here and for inviting me on to your your channel. Um, these are things I'm passionate talking about. Like I said, if you ever want to talk to me about it, I talked to like about my experience with toxic dieting and how I work through it daily because I still do. And yeah, they just talk to me about all sorts of things. Yeah, I like to talk. So slide into our DMs, slide into my DMs. If anything, let us know. Um, and then, so on Monday, the episode, just to share what that's going to be about. Um, I believe it's going to be a solo episode. And I'm going to talk about the fact that it doesn't get easier. You just get stronger. Because um, that came to me today while I was working out. Because I was, I was going to also possibly talk about abortion. Should I wish someone to talk about abortion? I mean, I might do either or. But, yeah. Um, I mean, hell, maybe I'll do both, but just at different times. And so they're both, they're both topics that I feel I wish someone would have told me more about. Um, but considering our current state of affairs, uh, one might get priority over the other. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what you can look forward to Monday. Um, and yeah, if you have a preference between now and then slide into my DMS because I haven't quite decided just yet, but yeah. Anyway, thank you for being here. I will talk to you soon. Thank you everyone for watching. Share this with someone that will also find it valuable. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye.